Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. So many crazy stories, so little time. In this podcast, we'll do the work. We'll find the craziest, best stories out there and bring them to you every week. Hopefully, this will help you get through the craziness that is going on in the world. And of course, there will be booze. Welcome to Booze and Bullshit. Naughty. Well, hello, my friends. How have you been? Welcome back to Mirths and Monsters after me and the crew took a wee break. Well, it was meant to be a wee break. It ended up being another huge adventure. One you'll be able to read about when The Adventures of CK and Finn, the book, is released. How very exciting. And I will keep you up to date on that as well. Till then. Yetis, unicorns, mirthers, lend me your ear holes. As we venture into the first part of three that investigates the mystery and wonder that is the Bermuda Triangle. Three parts. Triangle. One, one, one for each side there. The jokes have not improved, my lovely mirthers. Hang on in there. We can get through this together. Let's begin. The Bermuda Triangle. A massive wet monster that eats boats and planes, or merely a misunderstood water feature? These are just two theories of the many that have been put forth about what the Bermuda Triangle could be. In these episodes, me and the furry family will be investigating the area, also known as the Devil's Triangle, and of course, we will be going there. Are you okay there, Ray? Bermuda Triangle? Yes. Yeah. We're going to be going to pay a visit to... Oh, wait a minute. I understand now. For those of you who may be new to Mirths and Monsters, little Ray Skywalker is my wee black cat, the youngest of our group. And when she isn't planning on world domination, she is the biggest fan of Barry Manilow. I mean, huge. Maybe not Annie Wilkes from Misery, I'm your number one fan level, but close. Worryingly close. Yes, we won. We're going to be going to the Bermuda Triangle, but it's got nothing to do with Barry. Puny mortal. Yeah, it's just a song that he did. I don't think he has a place there, little one. <laughs> Puny mortal. <laughs> What the? 
Whoa! Ray! How on earth did you pack that suitcase so quickly? We aren't going yet, we lass. Oh, don't look upset. We are going, I promise. Just not right this second, okay? Alright. Puny mucker. And away she struts. Oh boy. I really hope she's not too disappointed when we get there and she finds that he doesn't actually have a holiday home in the triangle. But hey, stranger things have happened. Where was I? Oh yeah, trying to explain to my cat that Barry Manilow doesn't have a summer home in the Bermuda Triangle. Sounds about standard in Casa CK. Okay. Kids, adults, grown-ups. Grown-ups. Grown-ups, don't listen to this. Time for some knowledge about the Triangle of Doom. Let's get those learning hats at the ready. Do you have yours? Good. I had mine here. I swear I did. Yeah, here we go. Ray! Little trickster put an official merch Barry Manilow fan club hat under my learning hat. Ray! What did I tell you about tricking me with your body beanie? Now for the proper learning hat. There we go. The giant geometrical landscape. What is that wetscape? That is the Bermuda Triangle. Is big. Really big. There are a few different thoughts on the actual size. Turns out it's really hard to measure accurately. You simply can't get a tape measure big enough or for it to sit still on top of the waves. There is an average size though that is generally considered the one to use when talking about it. That size is roughly half a million miles squared. Now in kilometres, that is, oof, it's a lot. In jelly beans, even more. Can you imagine the sugar rush of diving into that? Oh my word. For scale, you know how everything is bigger in Texas? Well, you would still need two Texases to cover the Bermuda Triangle. For those closer to home, to me, that would be over five United Kingdoms. It's big is what I'm saying. I think I'm getting that across. Surely, with something that is so vast, that is a main reason for things like planes, boats, tankers going missing. Especially when even in Casa CK, I can't always find my keys when I know for a fact I put them right there a minute ago. That would be a fair point, and one that is used by people who have minds that are, what's the word, logical, that's it. However, who needs logic when it could be so many other things, exciting things, some of which I will be looking into over the next three episodes, and maybe, just maybe, we'll find an answer. But I'm jumping ahead though, let's jump back. Way back to when this big blue wet thing became the Bermuda Triangle. Now, those who are listening, do you have any guesses? 
Any guesses of when the Bermuda Triangle actually became the Bermuda Triangle? Do we hear in 1864, 1864, 1864, 1865 from the sailor over there? 1866, 1866 from the mermaid just on the right here. 1866, we'll have an 1867. I'll stop you there. No. We go way back to... 1964. Yeah, it surprised me as well, but it is the case. While the area itself has obviously been around for a gazillion years, that's an actual term, the name of it came from an article published in a magazine called Argosy. The article was written by Vincent Gaddis, an author. In his article, he cited a plethora of ships and aircraft that had gone missing in this area, and he christened it the Bermuda Triangle. CK, I hear you cry. You have mentioned the shape of this thing a lot. And we have to assume that Bermuda is one point. But what about the other two? Don't leave us hanging, dude. In my head, some of you sound like Bill and Ted. And I'm very happy with that. You are right, though. Where are the other two points? Those would be Puerto Rico and Florida. Some of you who heard Florida being mentioned will now be nodding your head sagely and saying things like, Ah, now it all makes sense. For those of you who don't know, Florida has a bit of a reputation for... living in interesting times, shall we say. Puerto Rico, which means rich port when translated from Spanish, and I think it means port as in harbour, not port as in drink. But I know port can be quite rich as well. It's a glorious wee island which is located in the Caribbean, between the Caribbean Sea and the North Atlantic Ocean. Which begs the next question, is it Caribbean or Caribbean? Hmm. I'll let you discuss amongst yourselves. Puerto Rico doesn't actually feature a great deal in the story themselves, but it gives you a visual of the deadly triangle. And then there's the island of Bermuda, which was once described in a 1609 pamphlet as, and I quote, a most prodigious and enchanted palace, affording nothing but gusts, storms and foul weather. End quote. Basically, whoever wrote this said if Bermuda was a person, they would be gorgeous, but thick as mints and farts like a trooper which I think is what's known as a very backhanded compliment. Within these three geographical points, Bermuda, Florida, Puerto Rico, lays the geometry of doom, the tricornered triangle of terror, the ocean of, oh my word, the... All right already! Ah, right, yes, okay. Within these points is the wet bit that is the source of the problem for seagoing vehicles or air-going vehicles for that matter. What could it be, this great mystery? Well, as you can imagine, there are a lot, a lot of theories. Some sensible, some logical. But do we want to hear about those? No. We want the real theories, the interesting ones. These are the ones that myself, and I'm sure those of you who are listening, are more interested in hearing about. I'm going to talk about some of them now. Don't worry, P. 
patience, we will be heading to the place itself. But I do like to have a little bit of knowledge behind me before walking into a place, or swimming I guess, that apparently eats planes and oil tankers. Who knows if it's got a taste for cryptocycles as well? Now this first theory I'm going to mention is childish. Or at least I've made it childish. So this is why it's the first one that I'm doing. This first theory is about methane bubbles. Or, as they're officially known in the land of mirths, dangerous ocean farts. I'll just leave you with that image for a few seconds. Nice! And we're back. This is a more recent one. Picture the scene. Norway. 2016. Fjords are looking on impressively and impassively as the discovery of giant craters that are a half mile wide and 150 foot deep are found. To give you another comparison, that is just short of nine of your American football fields and as deep as four city buses. They're big. Now there are deposits of oil and gas buried deep under the seabed and gases leak from these deposits, most of which is methane. These gases are not overly stable and reach something called critical mass, which, it turns out, is not a really enthusiastic sermon. It's when the gases reach a point of no return and they have to erupt. Luckily, I have a recording of such an event. I'm kidding, wee man. Back to sleep. So why are these big wet farts a theory when it comes to the Bermuda Triangle? Well, the eruptions are so incredible and vast that they could quite easily take down a boat and or plane. They're not so silent, but whoo boy, they're deadly. That's theory number one that I'm going to talk about. This is now theory number the next one. This one may sound logical, but there's actually a sinister side after I did some investigating. This theory is called Rogue Waves. Now, know what you're thinking. No, honestly, I do. You, over there. Yes, you. Stop thinking that. I hear you think. Rogue Waves, CK. That makes total sense. It's the big blue wet thing. It's made up of waves. That is very true, my smart Marthers, but these are rogue waves. Waves from the wrong side of the track. The kind of waves who roll up their sleeves to stash their pack of cigarettes. Are they packing heat? I wouldn't want to get close enough to find out. What happens is that these rogue waves are dotted all over, some in the north of the ocean, some in the south, and then you throw the ones from Florida into the mix as well. These three groups meet up in pre-arranged, let's call them gatherings, to discuss who's best. Picture the jets and the sharks from the West Side Story, along with the scorpions. That's the scorpions who were the bad gang from Greece, not the German classic rock band. You really can't see the T-Birds being any good in a rumble, can you? No. How did this rivalry start? Oh, it goes 
way back. Way back to when the closest thing to humans were fish who thought things like, huh, what's that on that non-wet bit over there? You know how it goes. Rivalries can start from supporting different teams or going to different schools. These waves were in different areas of the ocean. And, to be fair, it's really quite boring and there's only so many reenactments of water-based films you can do before someone says, not Jaws again. And then someone suggests, I'm not naming waves, hey, let's go prank the Florida waves. One thing leads to another and here we are. What happens next is these three meet up in chaos and shoes. They throw terrified squids at each other, utilising other ocean-going creatures as weapons like sharks and starfish and octopuses and and octopodes and octopi? Eight pies. Anyway, you know the things I mean. Waggly-limbed things. The unfortunate side effect of this is that when the rogue waves collide, they create super waves as tall as 100 feet high. And that's the recorded height of the largest wave in history, which occurred in Alaska's Lituya Bay in 1958. See, Alaska is more than just snow. Point is, if you're a ship or an aircraft who happens to be in the area when this fight is going down, then, well, sadly, you're going down with them. The last theory I'm going to mention is the one I'm sure is the most fun and the most fascinating. What is actually behind the Bermuda Triangle? Atlantis, of course. Oh yeah, the legend of Atlantis. You may all have heard the name, but maybe not so sure of the full story. Let me fill your ear holes with some thoroughly interesting information. The following is a quote from a BBC website. Quote, In one cataclysmic night, the gods sent a battalion of fire and earthquakes so intense that the utopian kingdom of Atlantis sank deep into the ocean, never to be found again. Intro voice, man. There you are. Sorry I'm late. I had to get milk. No problem. I'm just glad you could make it. I'll see you next week. That quote was actually made by Plato. He recorded what happened to Atlantis 2,300 years ago. That's a lot of before chickens. Mystery solved, yes. Well, would you believe it? Some folk think that's just a myth. (sighs) However, I did find out something very interesting and cool about this. In 1966, the scientist Dorothy Vitaliano coined a name for the discipline geomythology. It is, she said, the science of, quote, seeking to find the real geological event underlying a myth or legend to which it has given rise, end quote basically trying to find the truth of an event from stories. Very old stories. How cool is that? 
an island that was sunk by earthquakes or tsunamis or rogue waves. These are some of the suggestions of what actually happened to Atlantis. But there are a few people, quite a few people actually, who thinks that Atlantis didn't even exist in the first place. And that can make things a little bit tricky when you're trying to investigate something, is when it isn't there, or you even have any evidence of its existence in the first place. But this makes it absolutely perfect as a reason for the Bermuda Triangle being so mean to ships, boats and planes, and probably some very lost jet skiers. It's a massive and very effective security system. You really think... Atlanteans want to be found? No. Okay, so that may seem a tad excessive, but you've got to say it works. Here are my own thoughts, folks. I think it is Atlantis down there. Of all the theories I've heard, that is the one I think is most fun. And, okay, while the facts of Atlantis may be circumstantial at best, Folk thought that about Bigfoots, unicorns and leprechauns. And we know they exist. That's why I'm not going to go too much more into the history of Atlantis. Why talk about it when we can go visit it? Ray, Bobby, Cass, Finn. Prepare the cryptocycle and pack very long snorkels. We're going on a journey. And that is part one of the Bermuda Triangle. Part two will be out in a week's time. I'm very excited about it. If you'll be kind enough to stay after the music, I've just got some announcements to make, which are quite important this time. Nothing bad, don't worry, you're not in trouble. They're just kind of useful information. Until next time, my friends. Slancha. Your good health. Okie dokie, folkies. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for staying by to uh, hear what I have to say. That always confused me as a kid when folk on the telly asked you when they said thank you for watching. How did they know? First thing I want to mention is um, I want to thank you all for the support and kindness that you showed me when I said I had uh, COVID, which uh, I do not recommend. It's thoroughly unpleasant. So, you know, wear the masks and all that kind of stuff, which I know you do because you're sensible peoples. Um, The next little bit I want to mention is to say hello to Ashley. Now, Kristen told me that you're having a bit of tooth trouble as well. Um, so I just wanted to say, I hope you feel better soon and get your your um, things sorted out. And thank you for listening to the show. And you, Kristen. Hello. The next bit is to do with Patreon. I'm no longer using Patreon because they added taxes on to patrons again and I didn't agree with it, so I'm not using them anymore. Luckily... Acast, my beautiful host site, have a supporter button that they've just added. You can now donate your support 
your financial support to the podcast. There's a link in the show notes. The tiers that I'm still doing tiers, there's only three now, $3, $8, and $15. You can get stickers and badges and t-shirts and mugs. Um, I'll put a link to the Facebook group in my notes as well. It tells you all about the tiers. There's no charges to you. If you pay $3, you pay $3. That's it. Whatever amount you pay. Taxes included. There's no extra cost. The the VAT is included. There's no extra cost to yourselves. All you need to do is let me know either by Facebook Messenger or email me. I'll put all the, I'll put all my uh, contact information in the show notes. Um, I just thought it was fairer to do than have y'all paying extra taxes when you didn't need to again. So, yes, it also means that my highest tier that was on Patreon is now down to 15 from 20, but you're still getting the same things. And as usual, I still have my Facebook group, which is the loveliest place on the internet. It's Mirth the Monsters Facebook group, a.k.a. Finn's Fan Club. Please join, you'll have a wonderful time. There's over 400 people in there and it's just great. I do Facebook Lives every Sunday when I'm not ill. I'm on Twitter again. You can find me under Mirth underscore Monsters. And on Instagram, under Mirth73. So I know that's a lot of information to take in just now. Um, I'll put any helpful links into the show notes. Because um, this is, I'm going on for a bit now. But the important thing is that I want to mention is to thank you all for your kindness, your support, your lovely words, your generosity. Me, Finn, Ray, Bobby Cass, Bobby Cass, Bobby and Cass, I should say. It it helps, basically. I think you're all wonderful people and you're great. And I've got zero sarcasm about that. Love you all. Take care of yourselves. Look after yourselves. P.S. If you heard any creaking, that's not me. That's my chair. Bye-bye. Dating Owen has made me realize I am woefully ignorant about Irish people. I mean, other than drinking green beer every St. Patrick's Day, I know nothing about them. Although, Owen tells me that green beer is not a thing over there. Hey, Joe, what do you know about Irish culture? Um, every March 17th, we drink green beer. Why? This March 17th, love is in the air. Join me, Patsy Santos... And my boyfriend, Owen McClellan. Guys with accents are so hot. As we navigate our interracial and international romance. We're joined along the way by crazy co-workers. I totally have your number. Well-meaning but misguided families. And accents. Lots and lots of accents. Good night, Patsy. Hello, Patsy. Good day, mate. Oops. Just forget that last one. But don't forget expat on March 17th wherever you like to listen to podcasts. See you then. Hey everyone, I'm Jen. And I'm Jess. And we're the hosts of the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to tell you about Strivectin's new Super C Retinol Brighten and Correct Vitamin C Serum. We often interview dermatologists on our podcast, and two of their favorite skincare ingredients to recommend are retinol and vitamin C. This serum has both in one lightweight, layerable formula. The new Strivectin serum helps to smooth fine lines, and it's clinically proven to visibly brighten and firm skin. To learn more about Strivectin Super C Retinol Brighten and Correct Vitamin C Serum, visit Strivectin.com.